How much do we trust the people who make our favorite tech products and services? You'll find out right now because we're about to digest some new global findings from Edelman that tell you everything that you need to know. Welcome to episode 61 of Sideload. Hello and welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman. I'm Jermaine Dallas and today we're talking about how much trust we have in tech companies around the world. Edelman has released a special report about trust in the sector and to do it we spoke to 15,000 people across 15 markets. There's a lot of insights to pick through so I've got a selection of Edelman's finest to delve into the data with me. Sanjay Nayar is Edelman's Global Technology Chair. He oversees a team of 700 tech specialists and he's based in Shanghai. Margot Edelman is the Deputy General Manager of Edelman's New York office. Margot leads the corporate practice in New York but also has experience leading the tech team in the Bay Area. Tonya Rees is the Executive Director of Intellectual Property at Edelman Trust Institute. She's been responsible for turning Edelman's Trust Barometer into a series that digs deeper into burning societal issues. And Nicole Dorsa is an Executive Vice President on the tech team in Edelman's San Fran office. She's a Silicon Valley native, so tech is very much part of her birthright. And she spent over a decade at Edelman working for the likes of Adobe and Salesforce. Sanjay, Margot, Tonya, Nicole, thanks so much for being on Sideload. So Tonya, let's start with you. What are the headlines? What do the, what do the figures tell us about trust this year? Uh, well, there is a lot to dig into. Thank you for, for having us, Jermaine. Um, there's a few, maybe three trends that jumped out to me as being surprising, right? Uh, to the tech sector, companies in the tech sector globally still are the most trusted sector overall. However, when you dig deeper, what we find is that in many of the markets, it is no longer, it is, in fact, it has lost its leadership position. Um, over the last 10 years, there's been a 24-point drop in trust in the technology sector in the U.S., and double-digit drops in many other important technology-centric markets. So what is happening here is that the tech sector definition over that period of time has changed. When people think of technology companies, they are just as likely to be thinking about companies that make the digital apps that we use on our phones to run our lives, but they're also to a great extent likely to think of social media. Where they think of social media, you see... Um, a real decrease in trust in technology. Um, and that is playing out, and this is sort of the second big trend for me, along geographical lines. There are big differences in developed parts of the world and developing parts of the world with developed markets much more concerned about the impact that technology companies are having on society, on our discourse, um, on jobs, on politics, the politicization of discourse, while in developing markets, people are far more likely to be concerned about the innovation and the new technologies that tech companies can bring. 
So there's a lot to dig into there, I know, but those are a couple of the things that really jumped out to me. And another one for you as well, if you don't mind, uh, Tonya. I, I know at Edelman, we've, we've measured trust for years now, but do the businesses themselves care, particularly those in tech? And should they care? Uh, look, every company needs to care about trust because fundamentally, trust is your license to operate, right? If you are distrusted, people will not support your ability to grow there will be increased calls for regulation, for boycotts, for um, employees will not want to work for you and for a company that is distrusted. So especially for a sector like technology that so permeates our lives, right, where every day we are being asked to make trade-offs, to give up private personal information about ourselves so that these companies can then use to deliver better products and services, but in the wrong hands, if we don't trust you to be safe with that information and that data, we're going to be much less likely to um, share our data and we're going to be much less likely to buy into new innovations and new products and services. In fact, where trust in the sector is lower people are also much less likely to trust emerging technologies that can help bring bigger solutions to all kinds of societal problems. So it's going to really hamper not only the adoption of technology, but our ability as a society to solve great big problems. So Margot, we've just heard that there have been some falls, but tech is still the most trusted sector despite these headwinds. So shouldn't this be a cause for celebration? Um, that's a very good point. However, if you actually sort of dig deeper into the numbers, it shows a very different story. Um, so, for example, trust in tech over the past 10 years has dropped 24 points in the United States. That's a really, really significant number. That's the highest drop um, in any country. And it particularly has dropped um, in the developed world as well, not quite as much as the U.S., um, but there's been a significant drop. Also, if you look at trust in tech in emerging technologies, whether that's blockchain, AI, autonomous vehicles, again, um, you know, in the developed world in particular, there's been, you know, there's, you know, a lack of trust in these emerging technologies. Um, so you can see while the number may seem high when you actually dig in um, to look at the actual story, it shows, a, it shows a very different picture and one that companies, frankly, should should pay attention to. They definitely should. And as Tonya just made that point as well, it's, it's really important. So, Nicole, I want to come to you as someone who's actually in the San Francisco office, because when I was looking through the research, the, one of the things that really stood out to me is some of these geographical differences. And I know Silicon Valley is always held up as this mecca for tech innovation, but trust in tech in the US is at the lowest globally. Um, over the last 10 years. And we've also seen double-digit declines in trust in, in Canada, in Japan, and the UK. Why has trust so, fallen so much in these influential markets over the past decade? Yeah, so mapping technology's place in the world has become pretty complicated. <laughs> We're now seeing the world kind of split into two in its perception of the tech sector. So as Margot alluded in developing markets, like, India and China, um, those communities still continue to place their trust in the tech industry. However, in contrast, we're really seeing developed markets like those you mentioned and about a half a dozen total exhibiting those double digit drops in tech. 
since 2012 over the past 10 years. Um, and of course, that, that huge drop in the U.S. alone is a, a big indicator, I think, of where um, trust as a whole is going, as you mentioned, given so much of Silicon Valley being seen as the center for innovation and technology. Um, and we're seeing that nationalism might be playing a part in that. Um, respondents from all developed countries um, that were surveyed distrusted foreign headquarter tech companies. Um, those who distrust tech companies based in foreign countries most commonly say that it's the government or data policies in those countries that are driving their distrust rather than the products or services on offer. Um, so there is this interesting finding that we're seeing that technology is very much linked to geopolitics instead of playing this neutral platform um, that many may have thought or hoped that it would be. Um, also, regardless of location, we're also seeing that technology concerns loom large. Um, nearly three quarters of respondents globally are worried about their data privacy um, and over 70% worry about cybersecurity. Uh, so I think in general, we are we see the good of technology, but the good of technology is more prevalent in developing markets where it's really impacting your day-to-day -day life and improving your quality of life in a more significant, notable way um, than perhaps in developed markets. We continue to see uh, the potential challenges that technology has brought in terms of cybersecurity or data privacy concerns. And I suppose it becomes a more difficult problem to fix when it's geopolitics that affects how people perceive products. It's not just, well, make better tech products. It's about how leadership is perceived. So right. how do you address that? I think it goes back to a point that Tanya landed at the start, which is tech companies are now being looked to to solve societal problems. They're not just supposed to be making great products that um do little things, but they're supposed to be solving the big problems. Um, and one of the companies that I work with closely talks about making the world work. That's what people are expecting from technology today. They're expecting them to really drive um, the fundamental processes of our world and improve our climate, improve our access to things like water and electricity and basic resources in many parts of the world. So the bar for technology has really risen um, in terms of the role that people expect it to play in their lives. And Sanjay, I want to bring you in here because this sounds like the industry has really changed. If at the start it was all about the products and now there are much bigger problems to address. Is the industry actually addressing these problems at the moment? And doing so well enough? That's a great question, Jermaine. I mean, if you look at um, our research um, and we asked um, our respondents questions, bases, a lot of parameters and asked them to rate technology companies, over 60% of them were saying tech is doing a great job when it comes to product quality services and business performance. But almost universally, everybody had issues with tech companies living up to their expectations on societal um, impact on things like data privacy and security, access to jobs and so on. So unfortunately, the answer is there is still a lot of room for tech companies to improve. Um, also reflected in the trust in CEOs, where, you know, especially in the developed markets, less than three in 10 think CEOs are living up to the expectations of, you know, caring enough, being empathetic enough 
about the needs of the society and, and, and doing something about issues that go beyond quarterly earnings and business performance. So I think there is a huge opportunity for us as communicators as we work with clients to help show them what people really care about and strike a bit of a balance where we're addressing, yes, the business performance, yes, the products and innovations, but equally our role in the society and the actions we are taking to address some of those expectations people have to what Nicole was talking about, the data privacy, security, um, jobs, and so on. Well, you mentioned leadership there. We're going to dig a bit deeper on that topic in a second. But first, let's remind ourselves what happened in the last episode of Sideload when we went to Web Summit in Lisbon. We've been talking about big tech results, the retraction of advertising, companies doing quite badly, laying people off. And actually, I've seen an incredible amount of confidence here. So I spoke to the boss of Stack Overflow, for example, this morning, and what they're seeing is just this enormous demand for developers. I mean, the fact is, we need technology for everything, like health, for example, and there just still aren't enough people working in the industry. And so I think we're going to see a resilience in the technology industry over the next year, despite the broader economic downturn. You're listening to Sideload and on the menu today is a conversation about trust in the technology industry. Our experts discussing this with us are Edelman's very own Sanjay Nayar, Margot Edelman, Tonya Reese and Nicole Dorsa. So Margot, as we've just been discussing, leadership matters when it comes to tech brands and social media is one of the highest profile areas. So do you think Elon Musk taking over at Twitter will affect trust in Twitter and in social media at large in the future? Absolutely. I mean, you just have to look at what's happened where he laid off nearly half of their staff to see sort of the chaos that's ensued um, after Elon took over at Twitter. Um, so so absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, you can, you can already see it impacting perceptions of Twitter. I think a lot of companies have halted their advertising, halted tweeting, um, so, you know, it absolutely is going to impact the platform. In the long run, however, I would say Elon obviously has, you know, a history of, you know, being able to skate where the puck is going, whether it's, um, you know, Tesla with electric vehicles, um, SpaceX and space travel. So I, I think, you know, in the in the short term, obviously, there's been a huge impact on the business. In the long term, I think jury's still out as to what's going to happen. And there actually could be a positive impact on the platform, which was a little bit um, sort of, you know, in, in no man's land and stagnating. So let's see what happens two years from now. And what about the bigger picture of social media? Because I know social media has come up quite a lot in this research anyway, as an area that really affects how people see the tech industry as a whole. So do you think these big shifts, like in leadership, will affect how people see social media and, and maybe tar all social media platforms with the same brush. Ab- absolutely. Um, and, you know, leadership is very deeply tied to um, sort of the decisions that are made around what um, is okay and isn't okay on social media. So, for example, Facebook and political advertising, um, which was obviously a decision made by their leadership to allow political advertising um, on the platform. Um, and so, you know, yes, it's, it's absolutely tied together and changes in leadership um, will absolutely have an impact on trust in the platform. Nicole, what should companies do from a comms perspective to gain trust that 
in some markets is falling quite quickly. Tech really needs a new map for building trust. And there's um, four parts that we see to that. One is, as we've talked about, instead of relying only on being good at what you do and the products that you provide and expecting that to really earn trust, it's going to be important to broaden your focus and take responsibility for um, the kind of 360 way that tech impacts our world. Um, so thinking about leadership over um, issues, over topics that are bigger than what your your technology might squarely fit into, um, but thinking about a lot of the societal, social, um, environmental issues that impact our world today. Um, second, tech leadership really needs to show empathy for all of their stakeholders, um, namely employees and customers. And um, as Margot just referenced with Elon Musk's um, leadership of Twitter and what's happening there, we're seeing a lot of example, prominent examples um, where tech leadership um, is not always seen as necessarily empathetic or listening to their audiences. Um, and those those examples really do overlay onto the whole industry. Um, so individual leaders have even more of a responsibility, therefore, to listen to their employees and listen to their company customers, and really um, show that they're they're digging deep and trying to be empathetic leaders and trying to listen to those around them. Um, third. As communicators, we really have to articulate a vision for the future that resonates with people. We really found that uh, the more people understand technology, the more likely they were to trust it, especially as we think about emerging technologies. Um, so really thinking about how we can not just put our things into the world, um, but fully articulate the vision, um, talk about the pros and cons of technology. People really want to hear both sides um, before they jump into adoption. Fourth, we really need to reach people where they're at and include them in our vision. People want to be engaged and people want to um, hear from technology companies. So really leaning into those audiences and helping them understand how how they're impacted by a technology company's vision is of utmost importance today. I want to go back to the point you made about issues, about, for example, social just, justice issues and societal issues, and, and, and that tech companies should get more involved in speaking about these issues. Is there a danger that this sort of involvement starts to come across as performative and that consumers just see right through it? Is, is that a concern? I think it depends on how we tackle those issues as communicators, right? It depends on how we address those. You, you can certainly tackle big issues in surface ways, or you can tackle them in authentic ways. Um, and I do think that consumers and employees can perhaps see through the more surface ways that companies engage and will be looking to companies not just to make a statement on the latest issue, but um, kind of put their money where their mouth is, if you will, and really engage in a big way and develop products and develop technologies that help further um, some of the greatest issues of our time and not just come out with a statement about them and talk about them, but really, um, really lean into them and, and use the technology for good to help our world navigate many of the things that we're going through.
And I think one big thing there is, you know, if you're a technology company, picking an issue to own that relates back to your company's core products in some way. Um, so, for example, you know, a company like ServiceNow, um, which Nicole obviously knows very well, you know, identifying an issue like reskilling and retraining workers as sort of one of the core issues that they're going to tackle makes a whole lot of sense because it tracks back to uh, the core of their business and doesn't seem like something that's sort of out of left field. Um, so I think having that sort of connection to the business also really helps ensure that there's sort of legitimacy and it's not just words. Yeah, very good point. Um, Tonya, I want to ask this to you about the future and what the future holds. Where are the areas where we can be most optimistic? Thank you for asking that question because there really is so much in this report and in this data that shows that people really believe in the promise of technology, right? They're very much um, convinced that technology has the power to do big things, to solve important problems. Um, what they want to see, though, is that tech companies are designing solutions that are going to include me, right? Don't just make the technology for people who can afford it or people who maybe have a higher level of education or who have the privilege of access, right? Make sure that your vision of the future includes me and wherever that might be, right? And convince me that I can be part of it. The other thing that I think is so uh, helpful for anyone looking for ways of creating some actions around this data and these findings is the, the very positive way that people see technology at play in the workplace. In spite of some of the concerns about job displacement, right, and reskilling that people have, on the whole, they say that technology has had a positive impact on the workplace. It has made work more meaningful it has made work more inclusive and more accessible to people who might have disabilities or other responsibilities. The other thing so important for communicators is that um, among the most trusted spokespeople, right, or voices when it comes to technology, first, people like me, my friends and family, but second is my IT support at work. And so um, that really made me stand up and take notice because I think there's an opportunity for tech companies and communicators to perhaps think a little bit differently about their relationships with B2B customers, that those are people who not only are highly influential about technology in the workplace, but also have um, a position, a trusted position where they can influence how other people perceive technology companies uh, the technology itself, and how much those companies can be trusted. So lean into that strong trust that you have um, in the workplace at all. Sanjay, same question to you. Can you look into your crystal ball for us? What makes me optimistic is the expectations people have and how strongly they believe that technology is a force for good. Um, literally on every parameter you can imagine, you know, making countries more competitive economically or to improve access to healthcare, jobs and quality information, or just taking on the biggest challenges like climate change, right? People really believe that technology can play a role. And you can see overall in the world how AI is, you know, kind of playing a significant role in alerting the governments around, you know, the actions they need to take with natural disasters, 
forecasting floods, wildfire tracking, and hurricanes, right? So that's already happening. But also, if you think about the future, you know, how AI can help keep cities greener and healthier, you know, meeting the world's growing demand for food, helping farmers protect their crops, and, and literally analyzing how the world is changing with the climate change, and therefore how to mitigate if we cannot avoid, you know, the 1.5 degree threshold. So there is a lot that technology can do, but, you know, just just pardon me for quoting Spider-Man, but with great power comes great responsibility. So I think, I, I, I'm not sure if this is covered before, but like there are four things we think companies should make note of as they think about communicating and building trust, right? So first and foremost, they must go beyond shareholder value and think about the stakeholder impact that they are making. So pay your fair share of taxes, lead on sustainability, invest in rescaling. It's important. That's what is expected. Second, people expect tech companies to take on the biggest challenges of our time. I just talked about climate change, but equally, you know, access to healthcare, you know, food scarcity and in, in economic inequality. Those are the kind of big challenges where people think tech can contribute and play a role. Third is to kind of fill the policy vacuum. I think Nicole and Tony have talked about, you know, how people are, don't, don't necessarily trust governments to keep pace with the change of technology and therefore regulate it. They also don't equally trust companies to self-regulate, right? So there is a bit of a vacuum that is left and it's on tech companies to kind of be the convener of conversation between governments, NGOs, think tanks, to look at regulation that not just promotes tech innovation, but also protects the people from the harmful you know, implications that come up. And last but not the least, technology has always been about innovation and the future, right? But it's about painting a, a vision of the future that is inclusive, that brings people along rather than just talks about you know, the, the disruption for the sake of disruption. So I think if companies do these things, um, I feel trust in tech is almost like at a crossroads, it can go up or go down, but it depends on the actions companies take. And if they take these actions, it will continue to be the most trusted sector in the world. And that makes us who are all excited about technology really happy. And Sanjay, jobs are, are still a concern in this year's data. And in the past year, we've seen the emergence of DAL-E2 from OpenAI, and it's it's a mind-blowing tool, but it's also an example of how it's not just unskilled jobs that have been shaken up, uh, it's the skilled jobs as well. So um, obviously some people are getting a bit worried about that. Are those concerns justified? I mean, that's a million dollar question. And my answer in short is yes, these are real concerns. You know, we are seeing a new generation of AI technologies companies coming from companies, not just like OpenAI, but also from Stable Diffusion and DreamBird, right? These AIs can generate images that are as good as professional illustrators because they've literally learned from those human beings. Uh, raising concerns around the future of jobs for graphic designers, for illustrators, for pretty much anyone who is involved and tied to the production of images. Not just that. Advances in AI are also feeling concerns over the ethical and legal implications of co-creating art with machines. So it goes further to raise questions on copyrights, digital theft, and, 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 and AI tools just mimicking the work of artists. So there is no end to it. And I think we can't really question technology. Technology by itself will continue to evolve. In, in my mind, there are two concerns that we should be thinking about. One is the companies that are developing these technologies, are they preparing those affected to kind of protect themselves and prepare themselves to what's next 
right? Are they doing investing in job reskilling and so on? So they are not totally left in the lurch, but they have some hope for a better future for themselves as much as the society. Second, some companies are not doing their fair share on putting checks and balances um, in, in who uses this technology and how this technology is being. Those are the kind of things that are really raising the concerns uh, that, that people have with these technologies. And unless addressed, just like Deepfake and others, they will continue to put a question mark on trust and, and therefore result in some sort of a regulation that may or may not you know, be good enough because it may just like totally kill the positives that these technologies can also bring to the table. So I think there's a huge opportunity and a responsibility for companies to A, educate people on both the good and the bad, so they're doing like a balanced view, and two, to kind of work with the policymakers to offer enough protection as much as promotion of these technologies. Well, that's all the time we have. So Sanjay, Margot, Tonya, Nicole, thanks so much for joining us on the show. And a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of Sideload. Don't forget to follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player. Just search Edelman UK. And if you want to get in touch, send an email to sideload at edelman.com. Goodbye. <laughs>